Hi, welcome to 1001 Books, the podcast where we read the 1001 Books the experts say you're supposed to read before you die and decide if they are really worth your time. I'm Chelsea, a lover of any fantasy book with a strong female lead, and a new mom who's desperately trying and failing to find time to read. And I'm Nicole, and this year I'm embracing the genre of the space opera. <laughs> and you can hear my drink pouring in the background, guys. Just some, you know. Yes, you were distracted in the title because you were thinking how I could pick up the bottle of wine right now. <laughs> While still, like, getting that out, you, still, you know. You still hit it, though. I mean, that's the important professionalism. Professionalism. So, uh, how are you doing this recording evening? <laughs> Good, good. Um, enjoying. It's summer here when we're recording this. Who knows what it is when you're listening, but enjoying the good weather finally. We've had such a dreary summer. Man. Yeah, and so it's just nice to have some high 70s kind of days, and so yeah, enjoying it. Nice. Well, we're here We're on a, as a podcast first, where we're reviewing three books tonight. <laughs> books uh, 70, 71, and 72. Is a trilogy by... Oh, but first we should talk about what we're reading right now. Oh, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> um, what are you reading right now? <laughs> so I just started, I'm not any more than like a chapter into it, well, not even that, like four pages into it, um, The Turnaway Study. It's The Cost of Denying Women Access to Abortion by Diana Green Foster, and it's a series of case studies about... Um, kind of just the negative implications of what happens when women don't have access to abortion because we are very recently um, following the overturning of Roe v. Wade and I just felt like other than um, donating places and things like that I needed to funnel some of my rage and I guess reading something more drage inducing is how to do that. Uh, being informed is good. Yeah. More informed. <laughs> and it's good to read a book versus like a hundred tweets about it. True. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so something I've read lately it was called True Biz by Sarah Novick. This is a book of the month club book. Ooh. And it was really great. It's about the deaf community. And there's a lot in it about deaf culture that was really interesting um, that I didn't know before. And it's about uh, some teenagers who all go to a deaf school. And like it's very, kind of a coming into age story and about the uh, struggles that the school is in because there is a push to mainstream deaf kids in education. Um, but I learned something new that I never knew before that, you know, how, you know what a cochlear cochlear implant is? Yeah. So like the technology has been developed that you can put this implant in a deaf baby's ear and, the, and it can make it maybe learn to hear sounds uh, and, and then not have the disability of deafness i guess but and so i i knew about that and hadn't really thought about it like oh cool like that works for some deaf children great mm -hmm. but i learned in this book that it's actually it gives you the ability to hear sounds but not to distinguish at all what sounds matter like from background noise and words and that it can actually lead to um, children growing up without language because the recommendation by your doctor would be to not let that kid learn how to sign because they need to be forced to figure out how to hear through their implant in their brain. Um, and then it leads to kids who don't pick get even a first language in those like pivotal first five years of your life where some scientists would say you have to learn your first uh -huh. language then or you will be out without language. And uh, and they're language deprived is what they call it in the book. Um, and so it's like it does work for some people, but it also for lots of people doesn't really work. And then it can lead to just 
like people not losing their personalities and their intelligence and all of they, their potential because yes, they've been they denied having well. a first language and there's no real evidence that also learning to sign actually hurts you your ability yeah, to learn I mean, it i follow a yeah a mom who has two deaf children and they have cochlear implants or cochlear implants and they they are also signing yeah and there's no evidence that you shouldn't do that but it's just the recommended advice is commonly that you don't for really no reason uh, and so the main character in the book is a teenager who went through that. And now as a teenager, she's learning how to sign for the first time. And it's like amazing because she can finally communicate. communicate and she can know what's going on in her doctor's appointments about her implants that she never knew. And it's really, it was really interesting and great. Oh. Um, and there was, yeah, it was really good. And there was lots of uh, like diagrams of different signs in it and stuff. It was just fun to read. Oh, cool. I got a lot out of it. Um, my only complaint is that it sort of just ends and i just like what's gonna happen to these characters and it doesn't give you anything about what's just gonna like happen to scene. yeah <laughs> that sounds good yeah, yeah. all yeah. right now on to our book okay so in a podcast first as i was saying we're doing book 70 71 and 72 a trilogy uh by samuel beckett malloy malone dies and the unnameable when we bought them, they were all in one binding. I could only even find them that way, and they're all on the list. So even though we had just drawn Malloy, we figured, well, let's do it. Do all the all three books. If you could describe these three books in one word, what would your one word be? Um, I can't remember what I said, but I'm going to say uncomprehensible. Your word was nonsensical, so in the same vein. Yeah. Um, my word is death. Uh, that, that tracks. <laughs> Um, a quick plot of these three novels is that in a series of novels, Beckett gradually removes the familiar architecture of novels. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I would put this book strongly in the category of uh, a book on a list that's just on there because, oh, they did something unique with the structure. <laughs> yeah. And it's on here like they're meant to be read together, even though the the books don't like one doesn't follow the other. Like, there's mentions of characters mm -hmm. from the previous, but they don't really, they don't track together. It's just because the way the conceit is furthered in each one. So in Malloy, you have pretty much everything you're used to in a novel, except for it's not really linear. It still has some, like, a weird-ish going on. But it, it still has characters and plot. Yeah, and then and it has a sense of time and space. Mm. And then in the second book, I feel like you're really missing the sense of time because it's just like it's a like a man in his deathbed telling stories, but they don't really and they track just kind of ramble. In order. To, yeah, yeah, and ramble. And then the third one, you're missing the sense of character and the sense of time and the plot and the plot. Yeah, so there's a quote on the back of the binding that we both bought um, from the New York Times book review. Um, back when these are published, that the more powerful and important than Godot, Mr. Beckett seeks to empty his novel of its unusual recognizable objects, plot, situation, characters, and yet keep the re reader interested and moved. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I... <laughs> Which made me makes me... I, so we picked up this book, I picked up the start, and I read that, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> we, this is probably going to be a nightmare, and I... And I would break at work. I read two pages and I texted you and was like, have you started? Because maybe we shouldn't read this. Um, because I 
I have never picked up something that after only two pages felt incomprehensible to me. Yeah. It was so it was so immediate. Like it was so immediate. More than any other book we've read ever in my life or for the podcast. Which is hilarious because Nicole sent me that text and I hadn't even opened the book. I just started listening to it on audiobook. And um I was just like, this is just like some drunk old man rambling. Like that's yeah. what it comes across as in the first book, and then it just goes from there yeah it and, becomes more and more like a crazy person sounding yeah like a, yeah and so i was just like i told her she had to listen to an audiobook so then you listened on audio yeah i did the whole thing on audio and I, it's the only way i could have gotten through it because um this book does not have chapters but more importantly much of it doesn't even have paragraphs yeah so it's just blocks of text all in the first person for like 80 pages Rambling. straight. Yeah. Who does that? Honestly, I I was talking about it with my husband and I was like, you know, you take out the plot and the characters and the situation out of a novel and you have a grocery list. <laughs> like that's it's that's not a novel. It's not a novel with no characters and no plot and no sense of time. That's not a novel. It's <laughs> an essay. It's I don't know. Essay. It's bad. It was Yeah, I I don't, and what's weird is that he's like was praised for doing this like experimental thing, like in that quote. But I don't know why. Why would you want to take the plot and the characters out of a novel? Because the point of novels is like to have those things to to enjoyment, for a lesson, for a moral, for to explore a, a you know a type of being. But if you take them out, it's not. There's nothing left. There's nothing of value left. No, and I feel like that was kind of his point. Like it seemed like. The overarching theme of these three was that nothing you do and nothing you write has any meaning. Our job here on this earth is just to go on because we have to go on. Yeah. And the end. all the books featured like people who were dying or on their deathbed as the, as the, uh-huh. as the central voice. And, um, and it de- and, I, and I was maybe I was trying to put a plot into it that wasn't there, but I was like, okay, so he's trying to say something about what it's like when you're contemplating your own death, and but it there was really, but he didn't really have a lot to say about it. It was kind of just like the person laying there being like, I'm a voice, I'm a voice in my head. The voice is in my head. The voice is telling me stuff. Is it me telling me stuff? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and none of them like were relatable or good characters and part of that's because he was trying to remove those things but part of that was like all of them i'm pretty sure in the book had murdered someone yeah like that was a part of their stories yeah yeah and it was um there was weird like there's a lot about masturbation in it which is fine but there was one part where like the guy in his deathbed was like i probably couldn't even masturbate anymore because i'm so old but maybe if i saw like a nice horse's ass oh i got a little tingle and i was just like ugh, so gross (laughs) it's unnecessary yeah and like yeah they all just they were just weird they were so weird and and there was no like a lot of these books don't tie together with a bow where you get the theme easily. That's fine. But these ones, it was like he was trying not to have a theme. And it just didn't make... I don't get it, what he was trying and to do. And they're like... I looked him up on Goodreads, and I looked him up in different places, and people... 
like and love these books and feel like they said something to them. And I, I am not that audience. I did not, I couldn't even like, half the time I had no clue what was going on. Like as I was looking at the book, I was like, this is background noise. I don't know what's happening. I don't know who's talking. I don't know what story we're telling. And I do not care enough to try and figure it out. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of really famous authors like reference being influenced by these books and I, and, it's, and I, I just like, like, okay, so you admire that he did something unique. And, but the thing is, is that when we went to buy these books on Amazon, it was almost hard to find. Mm-hmm. Like there was, there's one version we both bought, same cover, same printing. It's not a popular book. It's not withstanding the test of time. I think it's read by like a very small group of like English majors, basically. Um, Who then write about how much they like it. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, novels like this feel masochistic to me to read, and I just don't feel like reading should be masochistic. <laughs> like, yeah, and I, and I just feel like if you're trying, like, you should have uh, something you're trying to to say. Like, oh, I'm trying to give you a snapshot of, of life in a different type of person than you choose, or I have a moral, or I'm, I'm talking about what it was like for me growing up. Something. Yeah. Just, like, something to say. And I... This podcast who oftentimes likes the weird yeah. things. And I even like the idea of this, I don't hate. Of like, there's a trilogy of books, and one of them has all the parts of a novel you're familiar with, and then they're gradually removed. But it one should have been shorter. <laughs> yeah. Like each an exploration of that only takes 20 pages. Like it does not take 150. Yeah. Um and I don't, because the the voice and character and all of that with these books was so incomprehensible to begin with, I didn't even, like, I was like, I don't find it witty because I don't care. Yeah. Like, I just don't care. Um, even though I think the idea of removing the parts of the novel until you're left with that grocery list is kind of a cool idea if you were doing it in, like, 20-page vignettes. Right. Mm-hmm. Not in 450 pages. <laughs> yeah, and did you? I also read that he wrote these originally in French, and then he wrote re he translated them, kind of rewrote them himself in English. So he basically wrote these each twice. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, so he is like this is like, and this is considered like his best work. Like, um, yeah, he's really famous for Waiting for Godot, but that's a play. Yeah, so this is like his best novel work. Um, yeah, I just. I will say you can tell that he has like some good writing kind of skill in moments when it's not like just buried under what he was doing here. Like there were lines that were funny or there were yeah. like little like turns of phrase. That I was like, ah, oh, that's witty. Um, but I noticed it most in the first book because I was still trying to find something to like. Yes. And then by the time I got to the next two, I was just like, I, I nope don't care (laughs) yeah yeah totally like yeah there was definitely more funny bits in the first one but that also had all the recognizable parts of a novel even if the story was dull (laughs) it did have some funny parts but as those pieces got taken away the wittiness did not come through anymore because it would and i listened to an audio on like 1.75 speed and it would just and even if it had been on one like the reader was reading faster and faster mm-hmm. and and so there was parts where it was just like you're being shouted at 
um, like, oh, who am I? I don't know. I'm in the bed. I'm not in the bed. I'm reaching for my cane. I'm over here. Is that my voice? There was a, there was like a whole like long section where he thought he, the character thought it was a brain in a jar, and it was talking about how the person who takes care of him in the jar and puts like a roof over his head. Well, and there was like a five second or five second five page like because I looked to see how many pages it had been because I was like seriously, um, a section that was all about like how his pencil was across the room. Yeah. I feel like other books that we've read for the podcast have had stuff like that. The five pages about the pencil. But then they've also had other things in them. Yes. This book didn't have any other things. No. And I I don't even know. What, what do English makers, majors get from this? Yeah. This. I, honestly, we, reading this, I was like, maybe we can't do the podcast. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I, 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 I'm going to die before I finish this book. Like, it was... <laughs> It was, uh, oh, it was brutal. It was it just, just brutal. It was not pleasurable in any way. And I, and I didn't get anything from it, which is just a, a real low ebb for the podcast. Yeah. And I just feel like I, I don't even know that like five days from now, I'll be able to tell you anything that happened in it. I know. Like right now I can't really I tell literally you. finished it, the audio on the way to your house tonight and I still am like struggling <laughs> to talk about like, it. Like if you were like, oh, what specifically was the thing that was happening in Malone Dies? I'd be like, there was a guy. And he was and dying. he was dying. <laughs> yep. So that's it. That's all there was. And then he somehow went on an adventure. Maybe he was on the adventure with the people from his as- as- asylum that he was in. And then maybe they got murdered, but maybe he was remembering murdering people. We don't really know. Oh, yeah. And he had sex with one of his caregivers. Yes. And <laughs> then it was replaced by a caregiver that might have been like a model for who he was in time. Because then it was very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. It was never clear if... And they, even if like, any of them were talking about themselves or other people, yeah. or they didn't actually know if it was about themselves or other people. Well, unlike in Malloy, that book, the first book in this trilogy, had two parts, two distinct parts. The first part was this old guy. I don't even remember his name. Malloy. Malloy. His name was Malloy. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how he was like wandering the streets, trying to get back to his mother's house, and he wasn't sure if his mother was dead or alive, and like. The police were maybe after... It was a whole thing. And then it switches to this detective section. Um, and for a while, the detective seems much more comprehensible. Yeah. For like 50 pages. I thought it was going to like intersect and be a real book. Yeah. But <laughs> for... then the detective section devolves and into he like... he becomes Malloy he, Yeah, he like becomes Malloy. But like, is it that you're back in time and he really became Malloy? Or is it some weird, like, mind fuck? I don't know. Yeah, because he was, he was a detective. He was supposed to be looking for Malloy, but then he, like, ends up wandering from place to place Murdering just like some Malloy. Guy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't He's know. He's obsessed with masturbation. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. And it, and and he has a son randomly who, like, is there and then just, I don't And then leaves him. Yeah. Whole thing. Anyway, so what we're saying is, this isn't a book you should read before you die. Don't no. read it. Um, unless unless you ha- are getting, like, a PhD in English, I would avoid this. And I, when we hit books like this, I'm just confused why they need to be in, like, what you need to read. Like, one, I don't think the conceit was well done. Two... I don't think as a human experience, we need to read books about how being human is a waste of time. 
Yeah, like what does that contribute to humanity? You, and I, if you, I'm just not nihilistic. Like I just no. don't. No, like I don't want to read it, and I don't want people who feel that way to spend their time writing books. Like it's, uh, it's that whole philosophy doesn't do it for me. You know? No, and it was saying that this is like the peak of modernism. Which I was like, is that a theme in modernism that I just didn't know? I think so. I okay. think it is. Like, because modernism is like post World War One. Everything is shitty. Oh no yeah. No matter what we do, I don't like <laughs> modernism. So yeah. maybe that's the. So this, is, yeah, I, that's. I think this definitely could be considered the peak of that. Um, it's all mean. It's all meaningless. You know. Everything is terrible. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, modernism. I'm not. Is we're not huge fans. <laughs> Neither of us. I'm really hoping for an uptick yeah. on our next read. But we did knock three off the list, and I will say, three terrible books. But it was three terrible books and only 450 pages. Yeah, it's true. It's true, and I'm really happy to be. Our next book is book 73. Like I would read this again before I'd look read Look Homeward Angel again. Oh, I'd read Look Homer and Angel again before this. Oh, really? Because you can listen to this on, like, 2.5 speed. I know, but I could listen to Look Homer and Angel on 2.5 speed. Uh, I'd do that. I'd thing. still pick a book that has a plot. <laughs> <laughs> or, at least, like, like, something to say besides, everything is meaningless. <laughs> That's uh, just not for me. So bad. All right. Well, let's pick our next books. All right. So our next book dun, is... Dun, 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 dun. Rameau's nephew. I think this is going to be like Pierre and Jean, like one of the first books we read, like just about a family a long time ago, some sort of drama. Yeah. Pierre and Jean was like the dispute over an inheritance. Yeah. Two brothers. There was like, they were, there was water. They were by a waterway or something. Yes. They were on a boat at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long time ago. It was I'm really a long time ago. I'm impressed I remember that much, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, it sounds old-fashioned, like. And French. Yeah. That's about, I don't got much from it. There's probably going to be an uncle in it and a nephew. Yeah, or at, le- at least an, a nephew. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we will see you next time for that, and we're hoping that it is. A good one. Let's More fingers than what crossed. We experienced this time. Fingers crossed a good uh, one. But until then, you can email us at 1001bookspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Litzy at 1001bookspodcast or on Instagram at 1001bookspodcast. Pod. Pod. Yep. You can tell I use it a lot. <laughs> um, but until then, happy, happy reading. reading.